Terry Tsilani, he is the executive chair of the Institute of the Elections Management Services in Africa. He was with the IEC for many years. Terry, a very good morning to you and welcome. Uh, good morning to you and thank you very much for having me here. Mr. Tsilani, what are your views on the overall elections uh, 2019? Uh, the elections is a very uh, massive uh, project. And then therefore, when you run a project such as this, you do not expect it uh, not to have uh, some difficulties and challenges. Uh, so in the overall, I think uh, the Commission has really been able to uh, carry out uh, this major operation. Uh, of course, there have been some challenges, uh, as we all know, particularly in relation to Section 24A. Um, but... Uh, those issues are being attended to, and I think uh, you know the fact that the commission has decided to uh, do an audit of all those areas uh, is a clear indication that they take uh, the objection that has been raised very seriously. Mm-hmm. Now that objection is very serious because I, we just had a chat now with the representative from the group. They say that double voting and the stamp at the back, which is supposed to be an IEC, uh, shall we call it, uh, thing that they do and not for the voter. So that now they're holding the voter accountable for that uh, uh, ballot not being stamped. Is that perhaps not an issue that should be looked at? And to what extent will this have an impact on the, the, the declaration of the final results, you think? Well, uh, some of the issues uh, should have been raised uh, at the local level at the time when uh, voting uh, was happening because party agents were present uh, during uh, voting. So if an irregularity starts during the time when voting is taking place, you would have expected that uh, the party agents would have raised those issues uh, so that they are attended to. So... Now that uh, voting has already happened and, and and counting has happened, the only thing that uh, you know uh, parties are entitled to do uh, is to raise those issues in terms of Section uh, 55, and then the Commission will then have to see how they can raise those issues. Now, the issues pertaining to Section 24A, as we know, mm-hmm. uh, are already being attended to. But any other issue that uh, and it makes the uh, you know, a political party to be aggrieved by the decision of the commission, you know, they can also take it through to the electoral court. Mm-hmm. Now, the observer missions are fairly happy with the elections, but they have also indicated that it's time for Africa in general to have uh, electoral commissions to implement digital instead of manual voting. Can we expect this to happen in future, you think? I think so. You know, I'm one of the people who has been... Uh, who've been uh, advocating for electronic voting for a long, long time. Uh, my colleagues in the uh, IEC know that uh, I've always believed that uh, the time has come for South Africa to explore um, technological intervention, particularly in all the areas uh, of vulnerabilities. As you know, that uh, most of the irregularities and mistakes uh, actually happen during counting. And the reason why it happens during accounting, it's largely because by that time, uh, the electoral staff, uh, you know, or all people who are working at the voting stations, you know, they are so tired and they are not able really to observe uh, the, yeah, the, the rules uh, properly. 
but also even the party agents and the observers are so exhausted that uh, they don't tend to be as vigilant as they uh, normally would be. So uh, electronic voting would really assist in terms of dealing with all those kind of uh, vulnerabilities. But what about cost, number one, and of course security and protecting uh, the uh, the individuals that's going to vote? Well, uh, the, firstly, the, the issue of cost. Um, of course, at the beginning, it is going to be uh, costly uh, to uh, get the system going. Uh, but, you know, as time goes on, the costs are going to go down. I mean, if you look at the uh, how much the IC already spent just on registration weekend. Uh, it spends almost 360 million dollars if all the stations open. And I don't think that uh, investing on an equipment that is going to uh, help with uh, electronic uh, systems mm-hmm. would actually be as expensive as what we currently spend uh, on, uh, on, on, on both registration as well as uh, uh, on the election, you know, so some of those, uh, you know, causes have suggested as time goes on, they will actually be uh, lower. Now, when it comes to uh, the issue of trust, uh, whether there cannot be manipulation uh, to the system, I've suggested that whatever electronic system that is actually acquired uh, must have a paper trail uh, so that uh, if there is a dispute, you know, people can always uh, go and do the manual count of the paper. You know, something almost like uh, your uh, ATM where you go, you uh, it's a touch screen, and then after you voted, it gives you a receipt for the party that you voted for. Uh, the, that receipt is stamped at the back, and you deposit it into a, a ballot box. But by that time, uh, you know, the... All the information is already collated, it's already transmitted, the results automatically counted. But if there is a dispute, then you can go back to the ballot box and count the actual uh, ballot papers uh, that would have been given as a receipt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mr. Talani, you also heard the previous speaker indicating that they want a rerun of the elections because of the irregularities. What do you think that cost will be and the implications thereof? Well, a rerun is not a decision that uh, is taken lightly. Um, and I'm, I'm sure uh, that uh, even though the Commission is going to look at every uh, request uh, from the political parties, uh, it is not uh, really a decision that they will arrive at uh, you know, that easily. Uh, but there are other instruments uh, in law uh, that can be used to deal with the issues that have been raised uh, by the political parties. For instance, if the commission uh, feels uh, that uh, or sustains a, a, an objection, uh, the commission may uh, discount certain votes if they feel that the irregularities were so high uh, that uh, they cannot actually uh, say that those elections were free and fair. And I am not too sure you know, what the extent of the problem is, uh, but the Commission will uh, most probably look at what the audit is going to produce and uh, take a final decision on the basis of 
factual uh, information that are going to be received. Mm-hmm. Any lessons that we could have learned from this particular election, you think? Uh, there are many. I think one of the, uh, for me, the most important is that uh, Section 24A of the Electoral Act is archaic, is uh, no longer relevant, is no longer being, you know, it's no longer helpful. So this thing of people voting anywhere, I think, must come to an end because it's the biggest hindrance in the electoral process. In fact, if you look at the whole process, uh, it is that aspect that actually contaminated uh, the whole process. At the time when it was introduced in 1999, it was largely because the voters' role uh, had many uh, defects, and we are trying to address those defects uh, through uh, Section 24A. But I think the time has come that it should be repealed so that people only vote where they are registered. It becomes easier when you do the, you do that uh, to uh, manage your logistics. You know how many ballot papers you can acquire for a particular station. You know what material to acquire for each and every station because you know how many people are registered there and how many people are likely to turn up. Now, if you allow the current situation where people can just go anywhere, it is difficult uh, to plan the logistics because you don't know how many people are going to be coming to this particular station. And you don't know how many uh, ballot papers you're supposed to be supplying uh, to that voting station.